What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, JT007. I just want to say thank you to all the listeners out there. Thank you right now that's taking the time to listen to this podcast, listen to this episode currently. I really, really appreciate you so much. If you're new, make sure you go ahead and subscribe so you get all the new content as it comes out. You don't have to worry about me posting about it. You don't have to worry about hearing about it. Soon as it hits the, as soon as it hits the net, you'll have it if you subscribe. So make sure you do that. Um, even if you aren't new and you haven't subscribed yet, please make sure you subscribe. Even if you're like, you know, I'll always know when you uh, put something out because you post it and I follow you. Please make sure you subscribe anyway. That does nothing but help the podcast. So if you truly like this podcast, truly want to support me, please make sure you subscribe. Make sure you review on whatever platform you on. Review and rate the podcast as well. That way we can go ahead and expand this audience. You know what I'm saying? Because if the more y'all rate it, the more y'all review, the more y'all subscribe. They give more recommendations to other users that really, really, really like podcasts. Um, So like I said, and for that being said, some individuals I've heard from don't really like podcasts too much. So like a 30 minute or hour long listening session may not be suitable for them. I do want to say the podcast app always looks out. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, they have a feature on there as well as some other platforms too as well where you can actually speed up the audio. So instead of you listening to something that's an hour long and listening to every second, every minute of that hour, you can speed that up to one and a half speed so it goes a little faster. So the talking will be like, you know, hey guys, what's going on? Y'all should It'll probably be like that or two times speed where it's super, super fast and you really can't really understand it. At least I can't. You may be able to do that. So that may be suitable for you. So I did want to make sure those everybody's aware of that. So if you feel like you can't sit through a whole hour or 30 minutes, you may want to look into that. That may be best for you. But without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into part two of This is America, continuing that same conversation, same guest, police brutality, police training, mental health, growing up black in America. It's coming at you right now. Hold on. Let me finish. 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 Now, before we transition to this next question, Misha, I seen you kind of reacted a little bit to what Latasha was saying as far as um, the the mental things, that yeah, was, uh, mental health things. It seemed like you really wasn't aware of everything, and I know I know personally that's not something that the media didn't seem to really care to share, nor did I know about at the time. I mean, I know there's three sides to every story: your side, their side, and the truth. So, um, Misha, what are your thoughts on what you just heard? So, just thinking about the substance abuse and him expressing the fact that he was having an incident, having those hallucinations. I mean, it's it's something that our community doesn't deal with. Um, I've shared with some people that my birth father had a substance abuse issue and I did not know about him until I was 36 years old and he had died. So that was when I found out about his presence. Um, and, and that addiction is what took him away from my life and what took his life at the end of the day. Um, so those demons and that trauma is something that our community pushes aside and tries to not even address. And so just knowing that was part of the incident, it just magnifies the work that needs to be done in our community to make sure that we're dealing with issues and not just covering them up with the other ways that we try to self-medicate 
but yeah, you're, you're right. In that one incident, two lives were lost. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate that this is how we find out about these things. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I think we need to think about substance abuse, especially in our African-American community. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times people turn to using drugs and alcohol to escape mm-hmm. their mind. Our thoughts become our words, our words become our actions. Our actions dictate our behavior in our community. People who use substance abuse in a high alarming rate is escaping something. And usually it's a traumatic event that we've actually suppressed, that we don't wanna talk about, or we were told not to talk about. You know, as a therapist, I meet so many people that says, I can't talk about that because my mom said, what happens in our house stays in our house. Oh my God, how that's many people grew up with that? That's how I was You know what? That's trauma. That that right there is trauma. Watching people in your family get abused verbally, mentally, physically, and people using a substance abuse. Things happening in our homes, we are sweeping under the rug and we're not addressing. And what has happened is now that has become a continual cycle in our community. And it's unfortunate with the police officer that killed George Floyd, because that definitely looked like murder to me, he took an assessment, psychological assessment, before he got onto that police force, like a lot of our officers do. He had several complaints, but, too. But, but he had several complaints. Exactly. So, people could pass a psychological assessment in the beginning. Did anybody go back and do another psychological right. assessment think, out ev- I mean, after every complaint? You think, like, if you look at it from a real-life perspective, how many... How many men have tricked these women out here to be like, he ain't crazy, or vice versa? Like, you, you kick it, oh, man, I miss this red flag. So it's just like with anything in life, you know, dude went through the psychological assessment and they miss his red flags. But at the end of the day, if we really think about it, like, yeah, a white cop, a white cop killed an unarmed black man who was essentially not resisting. But black cops kill black people too. It's, it's, it's an issue. It's an issue in our in our law enforcement system that for whatever reason we are they're taught that we are threats. When I say we, black men, for whatever reason, if it's if it's to be one hundred percent honest, it's our if it's our sexual prowess, if it's our athletic achievements, if it's our intellect, for whatever reason. Well, the reason because, is they don't see you as a human being. Because every black every black man that's true, and every black man I just. Every every black man fits the narrative I just threw out there in some aspect. For whatever reason, they they're intimidated by us. Mm-hmm. For, and, and and we've all a lot of us have seen straight out of Compton. We saw the black cop really giving it to NWA, which essentially caused him to write fuck the police. Like it was really the black cop. And there's a line that Ice Cube says, black police showing off for the white cop. Like for what? Yeah, they have to fit in. They can't go against them. They have to fit in because then if they don't, then their safety, their safety is at jeopardy. But hold on, real dark, for you get back into what you was gonna say. This kind of goes straight into what I was holding off for earlier in the pod, which is like I said, I was gonna talk about when I was talking about earlier about the police and police brutality. Um, some of us on here are familiar with this. Um, I know, dark, you remember Cap Alpha Psi, Misha, you remember Alpha Alpha. 
the I feel like the police themselves are members of fraternity. Like it's like a fraternity, mm-hmm. essentially. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Like, they protect like they own. No different than if you know it could be a a, a noob I've, I've never met before that's from some cat. If I see him getting jumped on, and I got six other news, we jumping in too. Like we ain't gonna let you get And that's the same thing. Like that officer that was sitting there talking to that man that was holding that camera when George Floyd was on the ground with a with a knee to his neck. He was sitting there like, I'm just gonna protect my brother. Yeah. I can't correct him in front of you because mm-hmm. it looks like that we ain't on two different we on two different yeah, yeah. pages. That don't look right. And I'm sure that's probably something they even talk about in the academy. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in the academy to be able to talk about it or not. I mean to be able to tell you for sure. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's one thing they talk about the first hand. Like you don't 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 ever and try that's to go fine, over But I don't saying. expect a noob or aka to protect my life. I don't pay my taxes for them to do a job. They are doing a job at the end of the day. And I think the human factor is, yes, we have to consider that police officers are human. And we don't treat them like they're human. We treat them like they're superhuman. Like once you put your uniform on, all of a sudden now that you're perfect, there's no human being on earth that's perfect. Everybody does wrong. Everybody makes mistakes. And that's okay. The problem comes into when you're not accountable for your actions. That's the issue. So that's why, yes, as Man, a citizen, with a knee on his neck to let you know. That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna get out of this. I'm, that a, was his I'm first a citizen. Like, I'm getting off, and I'm looking at a police officer. So I'm automatically gonna say I'm gonna defer to you because of what your position is, not because of who you are as a human being, not because of who you yeah, woke up to be. It's because of the job and the position that you hold. Yeah. So that, that that's my that's my issue. We I don't expect um, a young man in the streets. Who might have some uh, mental issues, or may not have mental issues, may not just been raised, or might be on the wrong track, to react the same way a trained government official acts. So just like I want to look at police officers as individual human beings, I need them to look at me, my brothers, my sisters, my children, my uncles, aunties, etc., as human beings too. Because when you look at somebody as a human being, some things you gonna hesitate at, some things you might not do. And, and and we're not looked at as human beings. And that's and that's just a basic bottom line. And until that changes, everything else we talk about is we just talking. And you're absolutely right, because the civil rights movement was forced. They weren't happy with the civil rights movement. So at the end of the day, there's still people that look at us as slaves, that look us look at us as individuals that do not deserve the rights regular other human beings deserve so as african americans it don't matter how many degrees we get it doesn't matter how much money we have it doesn't matter where we live because george floyd also was doing a great job in his community he ran a ministry he was doing other things in his community they still saw him as an intimidating black man it goes back to bullying you know, a few years ago, all the kids had to learn about no bullying in the schools. <laughs> are Don't you scared bully. or are you being a bully? These the are the bullies day. because at the end of the day, you are intimidated. And most bullies are intimidated or insecure about what they're doing. So they go ahead and they pray, pray on the P-R-E-Y. weak. P-R-E-Y. Not P-R-A-Y. They pray on the weak. And that police officer essentially... Is a bully. Usually, mm-hmm. usually the, the the police officers that tend to beat up and do and do a lot of uh, necessary force to their you know to people they're arresting usually were punks in high school. 
That's just what it is. <laughs> it is what it like, like, like. It is what it is. Like the cop, the cops that I know, mm-hmm. like that I know that I know. I know prob- I know black, white. I know black cops. I know white cops. The cops that I knew growing up, we they weren't possible when we was growing up. So they not they not beating people up. You know, don't they're good. You know, they're good law-abiding police officers. Do they supposed to do? But you mentioned the civil rights movement not too long ago, Latasha, and I've and I've said this a few times. And, and Misha looks at me like I was crazy a couple times. One of the worst things that's ever happened to black people is integration. Now, when I say that, it is not that I'm not saying that black people need to live in their own cocoons and we don't need nobody else. I'm not saying any of that. But what the civil rights movement did, what the civil rights movement wanted was for us to be on equal terms in our own communities. So what the government decided to do was like, yo, here's what we'll do. We'll take the economic resources of the black community. We'll convince the economic resources in the black community that our resources are better than their resources that, that, that's been sustaining them forever, and we'll take their money. So I always like it into this. So back to the original podcast that Josh and I had probably about a week and a half ago, we were talking about basketball. So... College football, college basketball are billion dollar industries, right? So that that includes there's this thing called the Big Five, the Power Five Conference that consists of the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the S and the Big and the Big Twelve. Now, how do they make their money? They make their money on the back and sweat and the resources of black labor. So, you take those college athletes that are getting these scholarships, because last time I checked, a scholarship at the University of Oklahoma is probably worth the same as a scholarship at Alabama A&M. But Alabama Alabama A&M doesn't have all the bells and whistles that the University of Oklahoma or the University, you know what, let's take Oklahoma out. Alabama Alabama A&M does not have the the same resources that the University of Alabama has. So, if you take that black labor, all that dope black labor, and send them to the University of Alabama A&M, as opposed to the University of Alabama, I guarantee you that the University of Alabama endowment is not as as big as the University of Alabama A&M's. So, that's what I'm saying. So, so what the white? So, I don't want to say the white man because I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> but for whatever reason, the white establishment figured out a way to extract our resources and convince us that the white man's ice is colder. And because they, we feel like the white man's ice is colder, we'd rather spend our money with them as opposed with us. Well, and I think a lot of times, though, what ends up happening is it becomes unfortunately within our race we're now fighting each other mm-hmm. and that's the saddest case that you can see like you know George Floyd shouldn't have did that he looked like he was about to do X so what they do is in the media they now want to bring up the cases they want to bring up Sean Reed's pictures on Facebook and they want right. to bring but all Tosh, this stuff up but, but Tosh if if George if George had the option to spend that that fictitious twenty dollar bill at the corner store bodega that's owned by me, mm-hmm. 
then it's a different conversation. So 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 if George if George comes into my store, I'm gonna be like, hey man, look man, I know this shit fake, dog. Right, like I'm what not are you doing? It. Like what are you doing? I'm not taking this. Right. Come back, come back tomorrow. Well you got some real money. Yeah. And we and we good. I'm not yeah. calling I'm not calling the cops. Right. I'm not he and he's not mad because he knows I know he's on bullshit. But you know what you did with in that situation what you did with George is you gave him a second chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're in his community, you understand right. him, you right. know him. He doesn't get that second chance out there in Outside the his community, real world, mm-hmm. and that is the problem. And that's the issue. And in my professional life and in my social life, I'm just a listener. I'm a conversationalist. I like to learn about people. Um, people love to talk to me for whatever reason. Even with, <laughs> even in my personal life, I'm standing in the grocery store. People just love to talk to me. You just but, got that face. But what I, I just got that <laughs> I spirit. <know> <laughs> But it, it the other day. But what I realize is that hearing different stories of all different ethnicities, because we all all are human race. Um, what I realize is our boys and our girls don't get that second chance. No, because they don't look like quote unquote good kids, and that's the narrative we have to change. Is I've seen people, I've heard about people. I mean, getting. Stuff that would have gave them 30 or 40 years in the prison system, they got off because they looked like good kids. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. So our narrative is we're automatically bad. It's something we get killed, whether we're armed or unarmed, we're about to be judged. Let's dig up every picture we could possibly dig up. Oh, my God, they stole that pencil when they was in fourth grade. They should have stole that pencil. And so we just all been conditioned, whether um, in our own community and outside the community. And we have to change that narrative. And it goes back again to, I think, humanity, <laughs> basic Absolutely. humanity. Yeah, Absolutely, basic because humanity. especially when you look at our court system, you know, um, I don't know all the statistics, but I know people that have been to, been to jail and prison that are African-American, and I know people that have been to jail and prison that are white. And white people generally get less time for the same crimes than our black brothers and sisters. And it's unfortunate they don't get the second chance they go in at one time similar situation they get a year somebody else gets it of another race gets a diversion program because you know what you're coming from good stock we don't think that'll happen you know i've been in courtrooms where the judge literally said oh wow you come from a great family i had no idea that's because you're reading the gentleman's docket you don't know him that's a number you you giving him a number, and because of what his arrest was, because of what the charges were, you actually passed judgment. How in the world do we have people who represent us lawfully in these situations passing judgment without even getting to know the people, and then being able to say comments like, "Oh wow, I had no idea you had a degree." Well, you didn't ask. <laughs> Our closed casket, homie. Okay, I can't believe I can't believe that. Like, oh my god, like that one, was horrible. Like, like one time, so so I'm a Washington Township kid. If you're if you're from Indianapolis, and then um, so growing up, you know, I, I love Washington Township. So when I got married, I was originally working in the girls' school, and so I was working midnights, and I was like, hey, I didn't want my wife to be home by herself, so I got a gig, you know, doing study halls and coaching basketball, football, and baseball at Northview Middle School. 
And so I'm at work, and one of my colleagues was like, so it, it had gotten out that uh, my wife was pregnant. And so my colleague was like, is this your first child? I was like, yes, yeah, my first child and with my wife. Like, so he thought, he thought that it was okay. Like, he thought that, that black men just had, just had a baby mama just, just somewhere. Had baby mama somewhere. I was like, and, and so, and so because I can be a tad bit of an asshole when I, when I feel pushed, I was like, yeah, and my, I was like, and my parents are together and me and my brother got the same mother and father. Like, so for whatever reason, people feel like black, like black people don't, like we just out here just fucking families. everything. Like that's what we do. So as black men, we out here just, we out here just dropping seeds and then walking away. I mean, nah, man. but I think a lot of black people think that too, and that's what's sad. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. honestly, uh, I'm gonna say this real quick, and we're gonna switch gears a little bit. But um, I, I truthfully feel like it's a. I mean, and I'm sure you guys can agree with this a lot about how you're raised. You know, at the end of the day, like a child's mind is a sponge. So I mean, if you're essentially all you feeding into that person is black people are trash, black people don't even have families that stick mm-hmm. together. <laughs> all they do is just have sex and have a whole bunch of different baby mamas, kids everywhere that ain't being taken care of, black men don't take care of their kids, they, like black families ain't stable, then you grow up, you become a police officer, you run into a black person, like those same thoughts are all you think about when you run into a black person. But like, those aren't necessarily, that's that's not, that's not real, and, I, and I'll say it's not real because of this. Um, my, so my, my, grand, my great-grandmother, um, her last so when she passed away her last name was Tate but her original her original last name was Cobb and she married Walter Cole so her with her and Walter Cole she had eight children Walter Cole passed away she married Mr. Tate I can't remember his name but he's my great grandfather she had three more kids with him so those three kids became the half siblings of those eight children those are things that we don't talk about like rarely have I I've never seen I've never seen a black person say, yo, that's my half-brother. I've never heard that. Never in my life. And I and I have I have homeboys that I will turn the world up for to this day who have kids with multiple women. And they have never in their lives said that their kids aren't whole kids. I've never heard my man say, yo, my daughter and my son aren't brothers and sisters. I've never heard that shit. The only time I hear that half-sibling shit is when white people are talking. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, black you can say what you want about black people. You can say we don't sit together. You can say we you know we'll burn up, whatever. At the end of the day, if you got some blood with a with a black person, that black person is riding with you forever. That black person, you are you are whole to them, regardless of what you, what the community says. That that's that's my brother. That's my sister. Like I'm 42 years old. Right now, and, and I don't believe this to be true. So, Daddy, if you listen to this, or Mommy, listen to this, I don't believe this to be true. <laughs> but, it, but, if, but if somebody called me right now and was like, "Yo, Dart, I am your brother," I'm like, "All right, cool. All right, I'm not gonna be like, I'm not. You my brother. You not my half brother. If, if if my daddy says that you his kid, you my kid." At the end of the day, you my kid. I will have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, 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 there, so, so that, so that, so that person automatically becomes my brother. At the end of the day, so that that's a narrative. That's that's a narrative that white America has has really painted, and they painted it very well. Because I I'm yet to hear any black person 
tell me that that's they have brother and sister. But that just speaks to George Floyd and all hold of on, the. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Natasha. I hate to cut you off, but <laughs> hold on, let me finish. I know, I know, I know, and I really want you to finish, and I'm gonna let you finish on another topic. So let's go ahead and switch gears again a bit, a little bit. So I remember earlier, and this goes right back to you. So that's perfect. So you had mentioned earlier uh, talking about trauma and how the looting and stuff seems to be a reflection of trauma. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask everybody, I'll start with you, Tasha, since she was in the middle of a thought just a minute ago. Do you feel like, um, I mean, Minnesota essentially started the current looting and rioting we see right now. Um, do you feel like, and, it, and now it's transitioned to other cities as well. Um, Indianapolis just last night, we're recording this now. Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta Louisville. This is yeah. May. Bowling Green. What's, what's today? 29th? May, May 30th. Today, May 30th. And 2020. So, yeah, Atlanta, um, LA, yep. Um, mm-hmm. Indianapolis, like I said. Um, a lot of other cities are, I'm sure of as well. Do you feel like they are essentially mimicking what went on essentially in Minneapolis Absolutely. For, for personal gain? Or do you feel like everybody's essentially in anguish right now and everybody's going off based on what they've seen? And like, this is kind of a build-up. We talked about Sean Reed. We talked about Breonna Taylor. We talked about what went on with... Um, Brian Lee. Brian Lee. There we go. The officer. There we go. I could People were really up in the uprising, like Misha said. She was she was seen as a really good cop. So a lot of people were really uprising about mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. So a lot of those building up in the community here in Indianapolis. I want to make this kind of specific, but we also see this, like I said, around the world, Chicago as well, um, near to us. Do you guys feel like, like I said, this is kind of a mimic going on for personal gain because everybody's looting and stealing, or do you feel like this is more so everybody's in anguish right now? And this is kind of like an uprising, like similar to like the Hunger Games. Everybody's kind of coming together at this time. I, I 100% believe it's peer pressure. Because they tried it with Sean Reed. They tried it on Michigan Road where he was shot and killed. Um, and it didn't take off. Then... So when you say tried it, you mean protest? They tried to protest. Okay. It, it didn't take off. Yeah. They just stood around, didn't know what to do. Um, and then so it just kind of fizzled out. The situation in Minneapolis is totally different. So then you got social media in the play. We didn't have social media in the play when we witnessed all these other brutal killings of our unarmed black men and women by police officers years ago. But social media certainly plays a role. So I think what happened is when the things happened in Minneapolis, you know, I'm reading my Facebook. I'm reading my Instagram, and you see people saying, what you going to do, Indianapolis? What y'all going to do, Louisville? What you going to do? That's peer pressure, automatically. Um, I don't think it was supposed to get to the rioting and looting. I think it was supposed to be a peaceful protest, standing one for another, all different races, but then emotion took over. So it became an out emotional outrage outburst as opposed to a strategic movement and unfortunately when you've gotten all that pent up anger that's what it comes out as Mm -hmm. and you're not just talking about the killings now you're talking about our money situation and when money plays a role I ain't get my stimulus check I'm out of my job I'm about to get evicted my car got repossessed all those things like nobody talks about that like so these so these people have been disenfranchised is that where corona plays in yeah Yeah, absolutely that's where you throw the corona in because uh, like yo my life is jacked up like, like for me like like for those who know me they know I get my haircut every week so I so from March fifteenth 
until three days ago, I ain't get no haircut. So for for nine weeks, I didn't get a haircut. For a guy who gets a haircut every week, that's crazy. So just imagine for someone who gets a, who gets paid every week. Now I ain't been paid every week. So now I'm mad. I just seen the cops kill this random un, uh, this I random black dude that I don't even know. Mm-hmm. But that, but that could have been me. And like I like I put on my Facebook post, like since, since okay, so the way I grew up. Like I mentioned, you know, 10 minutes ago about the whole segregation thing. My parents grew up in a segregated Chicago. Everybody they ever saw was black. In fact, when I would go when I would go home to see my, my, my people in Chicago, the first time I saw a black person was at a Bulls game when Michael Jordan was playing in 1991. I, I, I didn't think white what? people lived, I didn't think white people lived in Chicago. First time I ever saw white people. Like when I when I would bring my when I bring Misha because she's my wife. Y'all don't know. I am being being dead serious. The Chicago I knew was different from the Chicago. I never saw I never saw a white person in Chicago until 1991. I was I was 13 years old. How long you live in Chicago? So I was born in 1978. So from 78 to 81, I grew up in Chicago, and then I was spending every summer from 1981 until 1993 in Chicago. Never saw a white person. So three years you lived in Chicago, and then from that point on, basically essentially three months summer. a year you would be there. Yeah, and you, you never, never seen so, a black so, person. So, ninety-one. So, so a, a what is that? Wow. Quarter? Is that a quarter of a year? Mm-hmm. So for a quarter of a year, I never saw a white person in Chicago until I went to a Bulls game, and I saw my very first white person in Chicago to a Bulls game. How was that? Thirteen years old. Craziest thing I ever seen. But Did you stare? I grew up no, because I grew up. I, I grew up I, here. because okay. I mean. What was your perception of white people before you seen them? My perception of white people was like, I thought I only thought white people lived in Indianapolis, and in, in, in Indiana. I didn't think white you people was lived. You a teenager too. I didn't think white people lived anywhere yeah. else. Well, you're super naive. Okay. I didn't think white people lived anywhere else. <laughs> that explains. No. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, okay, because I would go, but I would go. So from my, so from I would go see. Like my grandparents lived around the corner from Regal Theater, so if you listen to this Google Regal Theater, that was on the Chitlin Circuit. That's essentially the Chicago version of the Apollo. Mm-hmm. So I would walk. I, I could literally walk from my grandparents' neighborhood, and I would see the Regal Theater. So I ain't see a whole lot of white people. It was. It's just we didn't. We didn't see. Them. So it's just, it's just how I grew up. So and, and it's a it's a great thing. A great way to grow up and I'm glad I did and it helped me understand like you know what I'm living with you know nine months out of the year and what I get three months out of the year mm-hmm. at the end of the day I'm not and I don't want I don't want to sound like a segregationist because I'm not I understand <laughs> I understand history. history like that's my shit like I love that shit like and that's what makes me mad. That's what makes Hold me on, mad. Hold on, let me finish. That's what makes me mad about what I'm seeing right I'm now. Let you finish. No, that's what makes me mad about right, what I'm seeing right now because because I know how I know how the government works. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, like everybody's shitting on Trump, who is the worst president to ever live. Bully. But, but but at the end of the day, you need to be mad at your senator. You need to be mad at your congressman because those are the, those those are the dudes. Those are the dudes that are really running the country. Like Trump, like Trump's talking that shit, and that's and that's what he's doing. And the only thing, the only thing the president of the United States can do without someone else signing off on that shit is declare war. That's all he can do. That's it. 
So all this stuff that Trump's talking about, y'all pointing at Trump, and y'all mad, y'all mad, y'all mad at Barack because he didn't do this for black people. Y'all mad, y'all mad at Bush because he didn't do this. Them motherfuckers are just figureheads. At the end of the day, your issue is with your two senators and however many congressmen are in your neighborhood. So, so for me, my issue is one fucking Todd and and the the dude and and I can't think of the other dude name. He ended up beating uh, Delaney. But anyway. My issues with, with, with Todd because he beat he beat Evan by, and my issues with the motherfuckers from Congress like those are those that's what I'm dealing with, that's what I'm dealing with. Like but I don't at the think, end of the day, but I don't think that's I, I think you hit on the note um, to go back to both the issues. I think people are protesting because they're mad and they're angry, and I just don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna hit the streets. I'm upset. But how do we Real turn quick, that? Jill, just so we can correct this. Um, so Todd Young. Todd Young, Republican Party, then Mike Braun. Yeah, Todd Young and Mike Braun. Those are my senators. Those are the cats I'm mad at. Who's our And then we got Andre Carson. We got Andre Carson and and a few other cats. So, so at the end of the day, like I know, and I know, and I I don't want to cut Jill's time off, but at the end of the day, black people need to go out. Black people need to go out and vote. Like at the end of the day, y'all talking all this shit about this and this and this, and y'all don't want to do this, y'all don't want to do that. Go vote. Like, so at the end of the day, if since this is Josh's podcast, if I don't like Josh and what he's doing with his podcast, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to holler at somebody else with another podcast. But we and love then, this podcast. Yeah, this podcast is dope. Hold up, let us finish. Like, this is a dope podcast. Big facts, Misha. But that's what you have to do. Like, like we, like we as black people, and when I say we, I'm talking about my age because if you were just high school with my mama, Y'all voting because y'all y'all was on y'all saw on TV what happens. But people my age, they're disgruntled. They be like, ah, we not go vote. Nah, motherfucker, go vote. And that's what they're counting on. Like go vote. Like shut the fuck up. Go vote for somebody. I I have voted in the Republican. I have voted in the Republican primary just so somebody don't win. Like go vote. Like like your vote is important. Your vote is important. No. No, it, 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 Say it, it again. It's, it's very few cuss words. Yeah. No, fuck that. Go vote. <laughs> like, go vote. At Mr. Wild, I'm trying to correct you. At the end of the day, you're, you're the reason. Hey, this is going to make it. I'm you're the reason why I go vote. Like, like y'all y'all the reason why I go vote. Like, Stop I, I, playing I your case. Vote. They ain't going to beat you. So, go vote. <laughs> But I, my, my daddy might. Like, okay. I don't know. Listen, <laughs> I got something to say. Goddamn it. <laughs> I mean, but I think at the end of the day is we need to uh, figure out how to turn this anger into productivity. Okay. And how do we convince the people who do not believe in the system that you have to work the system in yeah. order to make change? Thank you all for tuning in to part two of This Is America, the miniseries. Part three will be coming at you later this week, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe if you aren't already so you get that as soon as it drops. Part one, really, really appreciate all the feedback and support I've been getting on that one. Want to make sure I correct something I stated in that too as well. At some point in that episode, I had mentioned colored people around the world when I meant to say people of color around the world. Um, I won't be taking it down or re-editing that podcast, so I wanted to make sure I corrected that. Um, That was brought up to me by my sister. Shout out to you, Jazzy, for bringing that up to my attention. Um, definitely not something I meant to say on the podcast. Nobody else brought it up to me, so I'm assuming nobody else caught it. I said it was really fast, so it was kind of hard to catch unless she was really, really listening. But it was said, so I wanted to make sure I corrected that. So I meant to say people love color, not colored people around the world. 
So with that being said, um, appreciate all the feedback I've been getting on part one, all the comments. Had a couple people disagree with what Dar has stated as far as the big white men in school with these young black kids striking fear into them. They felt like there are big black men in these schools that are doing the same thing and intimidating these young black men the same way. Somebody reached out disagreeing with Latasha's sentiments about the mental health of the young man that killed Officer Breanne Leaf. They feel like that it should be more so about Officer Breanne Leaf and less about you know the young man, um, to which that's their opinion. Uh, Latasha was giving her professional opinion on the mental health of the young man. Um, as well as some more background, which is what a lot of us didn't know. I know I didn't know that myself, so I appreciate her for doing that. And just stay locked, man. This is what this is all about. We're not going to always agree, but you're going to have to hold on and let that person finish.